Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about Festival of the Lost. It got announced on October the 23rd. The event goes live October the 29th. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. I'm usually live when these hit the feed, so go to saynotorage.com. You'll come right into my Twitch channel and you can join in the conversation. Saynotorage.com will bring you to my Twitch channel. And if you're listening to the audio version, hopefully from here on out, you do notice an increase in audio quality. We have a mixer set up and we're getting a lot better uh, range and a more fuller sound out of the microphone. So hopefully you that listen to the, the, the content audio only are getting a much better sound quality feed from me. So, Festival of Lost. I want to walk through a couple of things because there is there has been some criticism and maybe even uh, you know some some criticism as well. So we're gonna talk about what's happening. Then we're gonna talk about reskin question mark, and then the Eververse because there is Eververse stuff. There is a reskin of something, and we're obviously anticipating people, you know, criticizing that. So I want to kind of walk through all of this. So first and foremost, what's happening? What's going on? How's the event structured? It's gonna run from October 29th to November the 19th, and if you want to run it, it's free to all players, but you have to complete the first like mission that brings you to the tower, and you have to be at least 750, 770 power, at least 770 power to do this, okay? So it's, it's, it's basically for everybody, almost nobody is probably below 770. It's really easy to get to 770, just play for a little bit. There's six new masks right here you can see them if you're watching the video version there's six new masks that function as ornaments on a brand new helmet and the helmet will give you power during the event so once the event is over it will no longer add to your total power okay so the masks are ornaments not for any helmet for a specific helmet and that helmet will not contribute to your overall power after the event is over then the weapon this time instead of doing the horror story it is going to be the Braytech winter wolf and they're calling it the Braytech werewolf it has been reskinned i think it looks amazing i always loved this weapon but the difference is this time after you get this the first time and unlock it you will then be able to pursue random rolls on this weapon i'm very excited about that auto rifles feel quite a bit better especially if you can get the right roll on them and with the you know that you got some of the perks as well from the from the artifact they're worth running if you're using them for certain things i could see people using this for anti-barrier and some of the harder content because it's a pretty good range auto rifle it feels really nice a lot of people are like auto rifles suck i actually think auto rifles are in a pretty decent spot right now it's just that they broke your breakneck uh the haunted forest will be the activity you're going to be going back into the haunted forest and you're going to have the 15 minutes to run it and then it's going to end and then that'll be basically the grind for the currency and then obviously then you can get the modifiers there's like the various mods you can get on the helmet those mods are actually only active when you are in the uh, haunted forest and i actually found it to be really fun last time especially once you were like invincible and could kind of hover next to the knights and tank their hits i kind of enjoyed that and then the eververse has items as well uh the first thing you can see here is the ornamental sort of skeleton ornaments for the armor they're going to be sold as bundles for both bright dust and silver they'll be sold uh that way then there's the actual items themselves not the ornaments for the armor there are three ghosts two sparrows one ship two helmet ornaments and then an emote and this is all uh, this is all available uh, for bright dust and silver. I'm gonna read the exact quote from Cosmo in just a moment before I go through the middle section of the video. The middle section of this video is is, is the question is reskin question mark. It's just a reskin, you know, haunted forest. We've done the haunted forest before. It's just the Braytech Winter Wolf with a paint job. 
I actually think reusing the forest as a limited time event is is totally fine. I, 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 I for one, enjoy it as an event. I thought it was enjoyable. And it only runs for three weeks, so we haven't done it in a year. And it really, if you're if you're honest, it doesn't feel like the Infinite Forest. The Infinite Forest is typically run through in the places that it shows up, a couple of strikes and some adventures. We do almost nothing in there, and we blitz through it. I actually like the way that it feels. It has unique modifiers and unique experiences. If you remember the Verdant Forest, there were some really fun things you could do during the Verdant Forest. You could get, like, infinite shield throwing uh, with the doomfang pauldrons on like a titan and stuff and so it adds a little bit different gameplay it's just for fun it's just again it's a it's a free event that's something that i think people really need to keep in mind when they talk about this the event is free i know folks are like I, I know it's free but people say that a lot the minute they start their sentence with i know it's free but i know i'm probably going to hear something that's slightly illogical or somewhat entitled This is free for literally everybody. If you're a new light player, if you're a player who does or does not own any or all of the DLC, this is just free for you to chase fun stuff and earn some and earn a gun. You know, one gun per event I think is a really good idea, especially considering they didn't use any of the year one weapons uh, as reskins or as as rerolls up to now. I actually think it's real. I'm I'm a fan of the Braytech reskin. I, I, I liked the gun whenever it came out, and I do think this goes hand in hand with one of my videos about the no vendor refresh if you remember my video about no vendor refresh I I changed my tune initially I was really disappointed in the fact that they weren't doing vendor refreshes they weren't using any of the year one weapons and then the more I thought about it the more it made sense the logic I applied was pretty simple you don't want to muddy the waters of paid content with repurposing a bunch of old guns people would have gotten angry they'd have been like why am I paying for shadow keep when most of the weapons are just reskins and rerolls from year one it would have muddied the waters what am I actually paying for so I think saving all of the year one weapons especially some of the more choice or iconic ones like the Braytech weapons and then using those for events like this that are free is a really really smart play I've even gone on to say that I can see them doing for the winter spring and summer seasons you could bolster that with repurposing old activities repurposing those old loot pools and do that for free to run parallel with the season pass when you buy the season pass there's the free track and then there's the paid track and they run in tandem you could do the same thing every season there's a new activity vex offensive will be replaced with something but then you could also have a free activity that's already in the game that's been repurposed similar to the verdant forest similar to the haunted forest i am envisioning them potentially this is a potential thing I could envision them doing something with Escalation Protocol as a free way, rejuvenate that loot pool, do something cool with the weapons and the armor, and then that's running free. Keeps the game feeling alive. You're going back and combing over the old planets and the old areas instead of letting them lie dormant and stagnant and giving them purpose. And I really think the Braytech reskin on the weapon is one step in that direction to say, you know what, we got a lot of great stuff in the game. Let's repurpose it and reuse it, but just make sure we do it when it's a free event or something that is free in the game i think this is a better way to get way more capital out of their year one gear instead of leaving it all dormant and lying on the shelf lastly let's talk about the eververse because this is always where people want to run to to be like festival of the cost we got to spend money oh my goodness this is ridiculous okay i want to read to you what Cosmo put on Reddit. We actually had Griffin in here yesterday. Griffin runs the official Destiny Twitter account, and he was in chat yesterday. We were talking to him. He confirmed some things for us. Cosmo went even further, and this is a direct quote from Cosmo on Reddit. 
all of the new Festival of the Lost Eververse items will be available for Bright Dust at some point during the event. Some of the older items from last year are silver only. Okay? So think that through with me. Hear the phrasing and pay attention. Okay? All of the new Festival of the Lost Eververse items will be available for Bright Dust at some point during the event. That means for a three-week event, if week one, you really, really want one of these items and it's not available for Bright Dust, then wait if you're saving your Bright Dust to buy the Bat Ghost Shell or the the War Dog Skeleton Sparrow, the Cabal War Dog or whatever. If you're wanting to get those, but you're wanting to use Bright Dust, if it's not available initially, then wait. It is your fault if you buy it for silver and then it's available for dust later. You can't get mad. They're doing their best to inform the community. They're saying, look, this stuff is available for silver and bright dust. I think this is the best format. That's one of the things people have been asking for is make everything available for both currencies. And I think that they're 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 doing that with Cosmos comment. Okay? We have to remember this is a free event. It will be laced with microtransactions. It will be laced with purchases things to generate revenue it's going to pay for the next one hopefully crimson days is better than it's been in the past and they can generate more revenue with this event to fund that the same way they use the ornaments from the whisper of the worm to fund the outbreak perfected mission so at this point we don't know the thing we don't know is bright dust cost okay i'm going to assume it's going to be pretty expensive i don't think you're going to come away with every single item just for bright dust i would be choosy if i was you i would be picky what's your favorite item and buy that first and then see how much bright dust you have left i highly doubt they're going to let you just just buy all this stuff for you know 500 bright dust a pop they're going to be pretty expensive would be my guess and my prediction and that's again a way to funnel people towards spending actual money because that funds these events and the bright dust costs are always kind of expensive anyway if you buy anything right now with bright dust it's usually pretty high so i would expect that they're offering all the new stuff for both currencies which is exactly how it should be i'm excited for this event and i hope people can get behind the idea of seasonal free events like this being something that may repurpose and reuse existing assets as well as having some micro spending in them and not freaking out and causing a bunch of false controversy as always we're going to go right next to q a if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can probably catch me live right now at say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the Festival of the Lost information that we got. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. I'm probably live right now. If you want to come into saynotorage.com, you can probably catch me live streaming and submit questions to these. If you are listening to the audio version, hopefully you notice an increase in quality on the microphone. We finally got a mixer instead of running it kind of a backwards way that I was running it. I don't know what I'm doing and some really good uh, audio tech people helped me out. So hopefully you're enjoying that as you listen. Uh, we're going to jump right into the questions here. Speed388 says, So can I delete the masks from last year even though I've opened the perks on some of them or should I keep them? In the official uh, help thing, it did say you'd be able to use those if you wanted on the Festival of the Lost Guide. It did say somewhere in here that the old masks could be used, but I don't know if it said that if you could just pull them from ornaments, like if they'll just be in there. Um, 
Masks earned during Festival of the Lost 2018 can also be equipped by players who earned them. All masks must be equipped as ornaments on the Mask Raider's helmet. So, I would wait. Oh, they're in collections? Then you're probably fine. It's just going to scan your collections and say, oh, you earned those last time. You're good to go. Uh, so I would imagine, I would imagine that you'd be, you'd be good to go. It would, it would not, it wouldn't, it wouldn't require you to like keep them in your inventory or something like that. That would be kind of odd, I would think. So yeah, you should just be able to use the old ones. No problem. I am Janko. Do you think they should transition all major, uh, I'm sorry, all past armor sets, forge, warmine, etc. to ornaments? I've grinded for a few pieces, but they all seem to be low stat rolls and they don't have the seasonal mod slot. I've actually gotten versions of this question a lot, so I'm going to try and give you my real quick answer because I don't want to belabor it too much. Every question and answer session, this tends to come up. My take on this is is that, and I'm going to use the Braytech Werewolf as, as part of my argument. So let's get it on screen here. I actually think all of the year one gear has more value if it's used really, really in a, in a smart way, the way they're using the Braytech Winter Wolf as the Braytech Werewolf. And the reason for that is if you suddenly dip into all the old armor sets and say, oh, they're all ornaments now, you have basically invalidated any of that as a loot pursuit ever in the future. Because as soon as you make it a universal ornament, you can't take that back. Which means there's never a reason to grind for EP armor. There's never a reason to grind for armor from Curse of Osiris or Leviathan or any of those old pools. So you have to leave those pools alone because you can always pull something out like the Braytech Winter Wolf. And I keep going to this sentimentality about reusing old content. Wouldn't it be better if every season Bungie was able to pull out loot pools and activities and repurpose them and reskin them as a free thing happening in the world instead of letting it lie dormant and irrelevant? So in Season of Dawn, to me, it just makes more sense to start combing through the old pools, the old act, the old activities, repurposing them, reskinning them, dropping guns, random roll, etc. Escalation Protocol suddenly lets you get the armor easier and all that. And it's free. It's just free. Okay? And then if you want the new content and the new activity, that's, that's separate. And they kind of run in tandem. The same way that when you look at the Season Pass, there's a free track and a paid track, there would be a free activity and a paid activity. I just think... That is a far better use of all the capital in the game right now. Escalation Protocol, The Forge in Osiris, Blind Well, uh, Infinite Forest, yep, and all the planets. I mean, you have all this capital, all this loot, all these guns, suddenly turning all the armor into universal ornaments, I believe would be a significant mistake. It would be a significant mistake. So, I've gotten that question a lot. That's the quickest way I can kind of answer why I don't think they should do that and why I'm okay with them repurposing a lot of that old stuff for free because it'll give them that option of doing that. Gear doesn't have the seasonal mod slot because they have their own unique mod slot. Well, I mean, that's, that's not true of Escalation Protocol. That's true of Leviathan. Uh, but that's not true of, like, the EDZ armor, if you like it, or something like that. So, I, I would say... I would say that's an easy way for them to bolster the content. And if somebody's like, no, I don't want them to do that. Again, I think the greater crime is leaving a bunch of great, a bunch of great loot pools and a bunch of great content uh, just dormant. 
How many planets are there? How many activities are there? How many loot pools are there? And you're just, we're just going to leave those dormant for forever? I mean, I don't know. That seems like a complete waste. We're just always going to hop to the new, and then eventually you're going to have a big, giant, dead, dormant, derelict game. It's just like, I, I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea, and I I think if you give you if I give you your way and you get all those as just ornaments, it makes it really hard for them to repurpose any of that stuff. Rusty, do you think to swap out your cause? Oh, do you like to swap out your cosmetics a lot? These events offer a ton of ships, sparrows, and ghosts, but still use my mini sparrow and the whisper ship most of the time. In general, do you personally enjoy swapping out cosmetics during different seasons of the year? Ah, yeah, I do. I think it's fun, especially when everyone's running around the tower looking like skeletons and using a skeleton gun and and pulling out ghosts that look like pumpkins and stuff. I love that. I I don't know why. I just, I am, the older I get, and especially having kids, I am such a total mushy, just getting the season spirit guy now. I love it. Christmas music and decorations. I don't know why. I just, I love that. I, love, I am a cheese ball now when it comes to that stuff. I'm like, oh, let's do it. Let's dress up as the Incredibles like with my kids and, uh, you know, let's let's put, you know, put the Christmas tree up. I don't know why. I, it, it's me owning being a dad, I guess. You know, I'll start to learn exterior illumination, you know, and <laughs> start doing, you know, doing up the house. At Christmas, I love it. I I really do, and I also like changing my armor. So outside of outside of holidays and well, you know Halloween and Christmas, I like to just change my uh, my appearance. I re- I changed the way that my uh, warlock looked today, and it was fun. I made a couple changes to my hunter today. Uh, I like it. I like the 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 ornament system. I think it's a good change. And I know I told people that I didn't want transmog. But at least they did it in a way where we're not actually changing the equipment. You know where my armor came from. You can look at it. The name is there. The thumbnail's there. And then you can see, like, oh, what ornament is he wearing? I'm, I, I really, really like the implementation of what you would traditionally call transmog. I like how they did it in their own way. It's ornamentation. I, I'm very, very pleased with the contextualization of transmog into Destiny. I really, really like that they did it that way. Dr. Sprepper. I like the fact that they have reserved the Infinite Forest for the holiday events. Do you think that Bungie should invest in expanding the Infinite Forest into a permanent playlist? Uh, is this the timed nature? Really the best part about it. Also, thank you whoever gifted me a sub. Uh, well, you're welcome. I'm not sure who gave it to you, but I can say you're welcome for them. And as far as this, I'm going to disagree with Lono a year ago, because Lono a year ago said, man, this should just be here all the time. Infinite, uh, the haunted forest and rotate the boss, right? A different boss every week, a different boss every week, and then a different potential drop every week. That could be really, really fun. I'm going to disagree with that Lono. I'm going to say, you know what? This probably gets way more potency if it's here for three weeks and then it goes away. Uh, and then the verdant forest is going to come around Christmas time probably again for the dawning and then it's here for three weeks and then it goes away it probably has more potency and is just more enjoyable when they do it that way than having it be like a permanent fixture uh, in the game so so it's the McRib of Destiny I I hate that I understand what you mean by that and that I have to agree with you the, the infinite forest is the McRib of Destiny dang it um, yep. I had to say that out loud because it's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know why anybody would ever put a McRib in their body, but I mean, unless it comes with a side of Pepto. 
no offense, McDonald's. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think this kind of content is best served in a short in a short spurt. And I've used this example before. Every once in a while, I'll say something like this: like when you watch the original show Seinfeld, Kramer worked as a comedic punch in small doses. An entire show of Kramer, I don't think would have worked. And I think content like this can be very similar. It works in a small dose. It has more punch in a small dose. And if it's around all the time, you're just kind of getting like sick of it. And you don't want to engage with it anymore. Sunfire. I like how they bring back the Infinite Forest to these events. Do you think they could switch it up by bringing back a seasonal EAZ? But you better believe they're going to use the EAZ again. It worked. It was a nice little area. It was good little... I mean, it was contained event oriented it's got a beginning middle and an end it's got bosses it's got chests i i 100 think i wouldn't be surprised if you see them use the eaz for crimson days because they'll use infinite forest for here they'll probably use verdant forest for the um was Ver- verdant forest was for the dawning wasn't it when we were baking the cookies and stuff or do i have that wrong verdant forest was for the dawning right Am I, or do I have that back right? That was the spring event. That was revelry. Dang it. I got it backwards. That's right. Dawning was like the sleigh and like the cookies. It wasn't, there wasn't much going on for, uh, that was for revelry. Shoot. I had that backwards. Okay. So they do haunt, they do the, 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 the haunted forest for festival of the Lost, and then verdance for the revelry. And then you could also do EAZ, but I guess you could do EAZ this Christmas. Oh, that would work really, really well, right? We're up on the rooftops like Santa Claus. Man, I feel like they need to do that. <laughs> Looking for all of the all of Santa's presents and stuff. That would be good. That'd be I, I would like that. <laughs> they could they could go into all the different places and let and let them do it. That'd be I think the EAZ. Yeah, EAZ for Christmas. Cover it in snow, that's right. That's right. And we could be up on the on the chimneys and stuff. Uh, Captain, I'm not reading that. Captain um, says, this guy really likes salad. Do you think that the Crimson Days event, if not already introduced, Bungie can make a 3v3 trials type game mode, test the waters, and maybe introduce more guns and armor? Well, you know, yeah, you could put a big old Christmas tree right in the center of the EAZ. Oh, come on. That has to be a thing. That's good. That's good. I don't know if... If we don't have trials by the time Crimson Days rolls around, then my only thought here is, do you really need to test it after they've done as much testing that they've done in the Crucible Labs? I don't know if you would want to use Crimson Days as a test. Um, Because, yeah, Valentine's Day threesomes. Yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of jokes there that they would probably want to avoid. Uh, I think Crimson Taste doubles. It just works. <laughs> um, we don't need... I don't think we need to test Trials. I think it, I think Trials is going to be coming back Season of Dawn. And, it's, and that's what they've been using Crucible Labs for. I do think Trials is coming back. If, if, I, if, I had to, if I had to guess why they're doing it in Season of Dawn, one of the reasons might be because PvE gets a little bit of a short end of the stick. And that'll be the big push, you know? We've been waiting for a while to see, you know, we've been waiting for a while to see it, you know, a trial's return. So a fuzzy epic muffin off topic. 
and pure speculation, but thoughts on the artifact mods, especially things like Thunder Coil and Oppressive Darkness, potentially becoming exotics in the future. I heard someone theorize that Bungie could collect data at the end of the season on mod usage and determine how to make a more permanent staple. Well, there was an interview during Gamescom where some one of them said, one of the guys being interviewed said something to the effect of like, um, we could always make these mods permanent. They don't have to stay in the artifact. It was something to that extent. I don't know if you'd pull them out and make them an exotic, but I could see Void Gauntlets doing that. I think the challenge you're going to face is that right now everybody can run the oppressive darkness grenade and how would you give that to people as an exotic because then you'd have a, a, a three exotics that were all basically the same do you see what i'm saying most of the exotics are based on the class itself rigs is based on tether you know phoenix protocol is based on well of radiance this would literally be an exotic based on void grenades um oh exotic mods oh potentially becoming exotic mods is that what he means maybe yeah because you'd have to make the price really high that oh they said in one of their trailers they said that in the vid doc didn't they say once you had this thing all the way specked out it would feel like it was it was an exotic or something like that I remember them saying that class item exotic could work yeah maybe I would see if they make it an exotic mod man oh man it would have to be expensive because you're basically turning that legendary piece of gear I mean truth be told we're kind of doing that now I mean honestly putting oppressive darkness on is just ridiculous I still can't believe they gave that to us it's so fun it's tractor cannon and a grenade I mean it's really really good especially with breach refractor and anti-barrier rounds and demolitionists I mean you can be just chucking grenades constantly um isn't the mod already for the class item yeah it's already down there isn't it is that where you put oppressive darkness you put on the class item I would be interested to see how they would how they would roll that out if it would be like a 10 6 is already pretty high 6 is already pretty high 7 would be 7 energy and exclusive to class items yeah is outer worlds on your radar at all I'm gonna give it a week and see I'm gonna see what the directory looks like what streamers and people are saying I definitely want to take a look at it space splitter do you expect an exotic weapon quest again with the festival of the lost like thunderlord uh I really feel like they would put that front and center because that's great marketing that's great intrigue that kind of gets people excited uh front and center is obviously all of the really really cool cosmetics and then the Braytech werewolf I feel like the thunderlord was a part or am I misremembering wasn't the thunderlord a part of the marketing for the last festival of the lost xenophage falls within this doesn't it because this runs until yeah xenophage lands on the same day yeah this this 29th the 29th is the dungeon a new pvp mode and xenophage so i guess it is landing like the thunderlord they're just not marketing festival of the lost with it um that's interesting i didn't even think about that i'm wondering I'm wondering exactly if it's tied to... I felt like Xenophage was going to be tied to the dungeon instead of the... instead of Festival of the Lost. We'll have to wait and see. 
the Vreek. You've said before that you believe Vex Offensive Final Assault will be us fighting the Undying Mine in the Infinite Forest. Do you think that Bungie would do the same day as the event ends utilizing a stylized version of the Infinite Forest? As far as I know, the event the, the event ends at the end of the season. I believe Final Assault will be a potentially a harder version of Vex Offensive that we go into that's different and it has the Undying Mind in there. I have been predicting that that begins, that closes the Vex Offensive and then next season the activity is that we fight the Undying Mind in endless simulations in the Infinite Forest because Ikora says something about we can fight it in a million different instances of of a million different simulations or something like that. So I feel like the final assault will be the Undying Mind, but it will be in the Vex Offensive, you know, activity. And then that will lead to the conclusion of Vex Offensive, but it will lead to the gate being opened in the tower and us going into the Infinite Forest and all next season. That's the activity. We'll use that gate and the Infinite Forest. The only dilemma there is people would be like, why am I paying for a reskin? So maybe not the Infinite Forest, but the Vex gate would take us to a place where we fight infinite simulations of the undying mind or something yeah it could take us into Vogue man oh man that'd be weird for them to bring back Vogue just for that uh the bomb dog in a so called free event should all items be monetized or could the ship one ship or a ghost uh, or a sparrow have a drop chance from playing the event itself from the boss or the chest no, no, it's a free event and the thing that drops is a really dope looking gun that can get random rolls so they learned from last time They, you know, I said last time, horror story should have had random rolls, they're not taking marching orders from me, but I was like man oh man, this would have made such a better value of the grind, and they're doing it so that's, that's your item that can drop uh, you can get these from the coins you can get the masks to customize yourself and then if you want any of the decorative stuff you buy it with bright dust or silver uh, 11 months from bedlam thank you uh, master noodle did I thank you and kip do work did I thank you guys for your subs thank you for the resubs um, and as we read in the talk I mean Cosmo said on reddit every single new item can be bought with bright dust or silver but it, it's going to be it's going to be all available for bright dust at some point in the event right and that means if you see something week one that's only available for silver, wait and it should rotate into Bright Dust one of the following of the three weeks. Um, and yeah, everything is wearable after Festival of the Lost, but the helmet, the helmet that can wear the masks is going to give you power during Festival of the Lost, but it will not give you power at the end of Festival of the Lost. So that's the only thing that they're limiting is the power from the helmet you can still wear it if you want you're uh you're just gonna really really you're gonna tank your power if you do that but obviously public events and stuff wouldn't be a problem you could you just couldn't go into hard content with it I mean you could but you probably wouldn't want to uh GVN DNN best farm for grenade launcher kills for the love and death if I get another uh pulse monitor quick draw I don't know I just go into a nightfall and go to a lost sector. That's I found that to be the best. I, I liked being able to, to farm it that way. 
Death Starfish. Is the rhythm of loot in Vex Offensive too generous? I'm fine with it, but some other facets of the game seem to be lacking. How do we fix this? Vex Offensive is... That is a that's a limited event. It's a seasonal event. So if if it's a limited event, then you have to be super generous because it's going to literally go away. The, the I think a lot of people are missing that aspect of the game right now. The, the The nightmare hunts and the lectern are supposed to be a slow burn, right? They're supposed to be a slow burn. They're supposed to take time. They're supposed to you know they're supposed to take up. The, you know, more than a season is how it's supposed to go, and I think people are forgetting that. Um, so, hey, Lono, in Bungie's last vid doc, they said next summer will be like no other time in Destiny. Uh, care to speculate a little on what that could mean? Could Destiny one content maybe bring Destiny two content forward? I don't know. I, I would think. I would think that I'm gonna time you out, someone else, because you're just being super disruptive in chat. Like you've got to like stop. You just have to stop, dude. Every time I look in chat, you're defending yourself and being argumentative with people. You're just you're really you're really being a you're being like a, a sabotager, not intentionally, but it's just what's happening. Just take a breath. Um, as far as it's like what that means, it's really hard for me to speculate. Like it'll be like no other time in Destiny. The only the only speculation I can make is this is if everything is building up to that moment that could be the moment that everybody's working together to fight the triangle ships because I've been saying I've been saying that we have this theme of unlikely allies right now unlikely allies we have Spider and the Drifter and potentially Aldrin and the Queen and now Eris and we, the Vanguard is fractured. We have a lot of unlikely allies, Callus, and I could see there being like a cul- a culmination effect of all these storylines coming to a head in the summer because my theory has been we haven't gone back to the Dreadnought. I believe the Dreadnought is our final destination DLC add to Destiny 2. That's what I think. And I think, yeah, Mithrax, you know, the fallen guy. The That's what I believe. I believe that there's going to be a culmination with the Dreadnought. That'll be our last location DLC. So next year, September of 2020, will be something with the Taken Queen, Taken King, something with the Dreadnought. And I have theorized that Callus or somebody will come up with the plan that the only way to fight the triangle ships is to repower the dreadnought's weapon and basically destroy the triangle ships when they show up with it like it's the only thing strong enough to to fight the triangle ships there's rumors and there was even lore released from the collector's edition puzzle getting solved those those lore releases made it sound like oryx is going to be resurrected somehow and that could be something that needs to happen in order to repower the Dreadnought because we would need him, we would need his sword. Um, I don't know. I just that's just been my theory. If that if if, the, if those story elements don't happen, I still feel like we're going to end up back on the Dreadnought at some point because they really really hinted at it pretty heavily. And 
I think that could be like the culmination. Like we, everybody comes together. We got to work together. The triangle ships show up. It's crazy. We've got all these characters. We got all these all these people coming into the hemispheres that they haven't. You know, they don't really cross exist. You don't really see. You know, Callus isn't really interacting with Eris, and Eris doesn't really interact with Spider. And all of a sudden, they're all interacting for one goal, which is to essentially save us from whatever the triangle ships are claiming to be our salvation and i don't think they're i don't think they have our interest <laughs> i don't think they have our interest i think they're here to destroy us um or free us from the traveler they're the ancient foe of the traveler and that's probably their version of salvation which is to destroy the traveler which would be to destroy the light itself which would be probably worse than what gall did which was he cut us off from the traveler i don't know Wicked Loud Dude. Where does the dungeon content like Shattered Throne fall into content discussions surrounding raids? Yeah, so we did a bit of a debate about a lot of people. I'm going to have to do a separate video about this. A lot of people are saying they really expect to get a raid every season. And if they don't, they're going to be pretty disappointed. I have made a very simple argument that when they had the bandwidth assistance, when they had the bandwidth assistance of Vicarious Visions, and High Moon Studios, even then they only did the layers or they did Scourge and, 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 and Crown. They no longer have that bandwidth. So I don't know how they're going to create more raids than previous with less bandwidth, was essentially my argument. And I feel like dungeons are in a similar vein. I love dungeons, but I don't think you're going to be getting a dungeon every single season. I mean, they gave us a dungeon in Last Wish. And then they did a hidden quest with Outbreak, and that that's not really a dungeon, right? It's, it's like a timed strike with a tough boss, um, but it's definitely not a dungeon. I would, I would say we're not getting raids in the upcoming seasons. Slim chance of a raid, and it would be in the spring, and it would be really small. And even then, at that point, I don't think that they would do it. I don't think that would be a strong enough value point. Seasons are $10. We have to remember that. They're only $10. They're literally bought all a cart for 10 bucks. I really don't see them having a, a, a raid or dungeon. I really don't. We got one dungeon last year. So. But yeah, we also got Niobe Labs and we also got Outbreak Perfected. But again, Niobe Labs was built by, um, I think High Moon Studios built that. Or VV might have built that. Because somebody that previously worked for Vicarious Visions reached out after Niobe Labs and wanted to send me something. Yeah, Vicarious Visions did Niobe Labs. So I, I really think people are having a really hard time remembering how much these other companies built. Vicarious Visions built Niobe Labs and Crown of Sorrow. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of work. I mean, Niobe Labs didn't go over that well, but as far as having like actual elaborate content... The forges were basic, and the Niobe Labs was an actual puzzle. It had bad clues, true. They shouldn't have given out a hint the way that they did, but at the end of the matter, it was still elaborate, and it wasn't made by Bungie. VV also did Warmind. Yeah, that's right! Vicarious Visions did Warmind so that Bungie could work on Forsaken. I just, man, oh man... I, people are people are living in a dream world if they think we're getting raids uh, Dr. Sprepper you've mentioned that before you'd be upset if they paid 
oh that i'm sorry that people would be upset if they paid for raid remakes but now that there's a free player base and a paid player base what if raids were added as free seasonal content uh orion gifting a sub to scapote 176 thank you for doing that i don't i real i don't think so man i really don't think so um that just doesn't i if you're gonna do raid remakes giving them away for free just seems really really counter to the number one to the player pool that's actually interested i would say the player pool interested in raids is a a a a player pool that's willing to spend money and giving away raids for free i would say yeah our professor dad i'm looking forward to it too i would say that that just seems like a really bad call for a couple of reasons they use raids as a marketing mechanic so what would the raid be marketing do you see what i'm saying watch the raid part of shadow keep watch the raid watch watch the raid it's part of season of opulence it's part of you know it's part of forsaken and now they're like watch the raid we're gonna have our world's first race and it's a it's free <laughs> just that's I don't think that works, Dr. Sprepper. I don't think that functions as, as raids function. Function Raids function as capstones to DLC, and they function as marketing mechanics. And you're taking away both of those things by making them free. I get where your heart's at. You're saying, oh, I would love to run those raids. I don't want people to complain. Just give it away for free. I totally hear where you're coming from. I really, really do. Um, but I think... The big, the big dilemma would, would honestly be that they like to use the raids to market. They like to use the raids as, again, a capstone to DLC, and you're kind of taking that away. It's the only way to introduce them with minimal fallback. Again, man, I hear you. I really do. I 100% hear you, and I just don't think it would work. I don't think Bungie would do it. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, they would bring them back and no one would complain because they would be great and everybody that likes to raid wouldn't care. If you took a poll right now and you said, everyone who regularly has run raids within the life, within the life cycle of D1 and D2, would you be excited if the seasonal content brought back the old raids each time? I have a hard time believing anybody who has raided regularly from D1 to now would get upset about a $10 season pass coming with Vault of Glass or Crota or Kingsfall or Wrath of the Machine. I cannot imagine anybody who likes to raid being like, it's unbelievable, $10 and I'm also getting an old raid? Nobody would say that. But I also don't see Bungie doing that. Taking the time to rebuild an old raid and including it in a $10 season pass, boy oh boy, I don't see that happening. That is just, whoo, that's a lot for $10. I mean, that's that's freaking cheap. What a bargain. Um, you know, the Rise of Iron raid, you know, it was a $30 DLC. Crota, you know, was a, what was that, a $15 or a $20 DLC? It was $15 discounted $20, $20 you know, by itself. Um, yeah. Fitting into the storyline too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, well, with the, with the, the Vex gate that, that I core is building, they can do whatever the frick they want. Right. <laughs> they can do whatever the frick they want. Um, yeah, 
I want him to come back. I just don't see a way to do it. I really don't. I don't see a way to do it. It would be an awful lot of work for a small portion of the community, and it would be a spark for complaint, even though the people that enjoy that content probably wouldn't complain at all. Do you think people would respond positively if Bungie and the Eververse revenue uh, was used to remaster D1 raids to make them free? That question is from Nova Hands. Um, I don't know. Uh, I would say... I the, the the biggest the biggest dilemma with this is that it would require a level of transparency that would seem strange. We're going to have you guys buying Eververse stuff and then we're going to use it to build a raid. Number 1, why are we having like a budgetary line item discussion with debt with Bungie? Number 2, I think the lion's share of the community would say, "Well, wait, now hang on a minute." <laughs> hang on a minute. I'm casual Carl, right? I'm casual Cassie, and I've been buying Eververse stuff, and I love Destiny, but I don't raid. And so you're telling me that all this time, all of us that are down here at the more casual level, all of our money is funding raids that more than likely we will never play? I think people would have a problem with that. Yeah, casual Karen, sorry. Like, I just don't think... Again, you guys are I, you guys are like me. You want so badly for those raids to come back. I feel like you're creating circumstances and things that just probably would not happen. I just I can't see Bungie coming out and saying, "Hey guys, we really wanted a way to bring back the old raids. We took a bunch of money from Eververse, and that we're using that to build the raids." Number one, I don't I can't see them saying that, and then I can't see that going over very well. I it's 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 a rock and a hard place, right? If they put if they put the reskin raid in paid content, people are going to complain that they're paying for reskins. If they if they reskin the raids and make them free, you're not getting good ROI on something that probably took a lot of time. So I just man, I I really don't know, man. I, I feel like there's a lot there that's ripe with problem. So Warhawk says. What if the big flame knight in the dungeon is the boss before Oryx Nightmare appears and drops the pulse rifle? <laughs> Man, I know that they've hinted at Oryx coming back in those blog entries that got unlocked. Um, the Hive basically say, I'll give you a paraphrase, the Hive basically say that they can resurrect Oryx if they're obedient, is essentially what they say. Like, if they please him or if they're obedient or something, they can bring Oryx back. Um... That's at least what they think they can do. I wouldn't think that that would happen in a dungeon in Shadowkeep because Shadowkeep is sort of centering around Eris and the Triangle Ships. The Triangle Ships are like that scene where he's the guy's like, we're not your enemy, we're not your friend, we're your salvation. Like That's meant to put us on our heels to be like, what the heck is going on? In the midst of all of that, it'd be really weird to be like going down into a dungeon and be like, oh crap, it's an Oryx nightmare. Um... I uh, I don't think so. I think they're going to save Oryx. I think they're going to plant that seed in our mind that Oryx could potentially come back um, and he's going to show up, you know, next year in the Dreadnought. In the Book of Sorrow, Oryx brought back his sisters after he killed them in their throne world, so it can happen. If there is lore to support, it, it, you know, Oryx coming back, then instead of the Taken King, it would be like the Risen King or something. That might be a little bit too sounding like a, like a Christian Easter play or something. <laughs> the Risen King. Um, all hail Oryx. 
our savior. I, I, they would, they would, they could call, they could call it something like that, like that though. Uh, the return of the king. I've not heard that before. That sounds like an original title. Maybe they could call it that. Uh, the, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, chat. I just know that they could bring him back. Um, yeah, just call it Taken Jesus. I think that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be a better name for it. Um, coming this fall, <laughs> September of 2020, Destiny 2, Taken Jesus. Oryx is back, risen from the grave. He can't be held by death. That's just awful, man. I don't. I, why are we doing this? Why? I don't think they would do that. <clears throat> I don't think they would do it, okay? Um, but I, I, I could see them bringing him back, but I don't think they would call it taking, uh, taking Jesus. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> next question. Morris, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Just hit 950, and I have to make my pinnacle grind. Me and my buddies jumped into a Nightmare Master at 960 and couldn't even get past the first barrier night. Uh, tips for the hunts. Okay, so you're 960 going into the master. We were 963. The thing that seemed to work the best, um, the was div- one divinity and two Izanagis worked really, really well. That seemed to really, really help. Um, so you were at Guardian Con, but chat, if you went to Guardian Con, the Touch of Malice was there. All the weapons have shown up in Destiny 2. I really think Oryx is coming back. Touch of Malice was there? I didn't see Touch of Malice. In any case, one Divinity, two Izanagi seems to really, really help. You also have to really, really synergize. So, you couldn't get past the first barrier night, all right? You have to work. Somebody has to save their anti-barrier rounds because this is what typically happens. Everyone's, shoot, 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 shoot. He makes shoot, 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 shoot. And then he goes to do his barrier and you're reloading. And then he gets all his health back. We had that problem when there was two... Uh, two of the Minotaurs in the same freaking room. Oh my gosh, that was so frustrating. Um, so you have to, you really have to coordinate. And so what I was doing is I was saving my anti-barrier rounds. I wasn't using that weapon, doing as much damage as I could. When he went to go anti-barrier, I pulled mine out and somebody else did, and we team shot like bam, 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 bam. Got rid of the shield because you won't, you'll, you'll lose any damage you do to him if you don't do that. Anytime he caught me on a reload, he got almost all of his health back. It's rough. It's rough. You have to get in really good synergy. They're meant to be flat tire pain points. They're meant to slow you down. And, um, I don't know. I would say the, the biggest challenge is when there's two of them, or if you're just not paying attention and like, for example, if your buddy's like, Oh, I'm really going to hurt this guy. I'm really going to hurt this barrier knight or this barrier minotaur. And he hits him with heavy and he hits him with a grenade. Okay. What's going to happen? That barrier knight's going to like duck down, put his shield up and just heal back up. And if he doesn't let you know he's doing that, you might not be in sync with your teammate. You're over here fighting these other guys, and he's trying to go ham on the on the barrier night. And you're like, well, frick, dude, wait. I got to get ready. So I kept positioning myself really, really close. I would be, like, really, really close to the barrier night, and I would have my ammo saved. 
and they would start volleying damage and then I would see him he would like do this little thing and he would duck down he does his little Tim Tebow move and then I'd be like bam 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 and I would take his barrier away and I think one of the other guys on my team was doing it too I really do think two people shooting the anti-barrier makes a huge difference and then he doesn't get to heal that was the only way we were able to get through those guys smoothly someone else how will people ever get to the 980 delta delta if we are locked at 960 if we aren't supposed to get it until next season and 20 power from the artifact well if you get to 950 okay and you can get if you can get 20 on the artifact and maybe even do some pinnacle stuff if you can hit 951 952 and then you get 20 on the artifact you can get to the you know 971 972 at that point the sword should go away you shouldn't see swords once you're within that delta and then it becomes a lot more manageable and I I already answered this question but it wasn't during Q&A I actually think this system is really really smart and here's why it is an ever present end game and it's always aspirational content always okay Think, think with me now traditionally in Destiny Everyone gets within the end game power delta and nothing's hard anymore. Raid, dungeon, nightfall, it's nothing. None of it challenges you. Now, always, every time you boot up, every season, even if you get your artifact a plus 10, a plus 15, even a plus 20, 980 is just hanging out there as aspirational end game content. It's actually really smart. This is a new era of Destiny. It's a new era. Being able to say, yo, every single season, there's something for me to aspire to, level up to. This is the example I gave people today. If I spend the the lion's share of this season, which I have been, working at the lectern table, I'm trying to get a god roll, loud lullaby, a grenade launcher, the one, uh, the, the, the one small step shotgun. If I'm doing that, the best way for me to do that is once I get close to 980 and I grind Master Nightfall Hunts efficiently. I'm sorry, Nightmare Hunts. I grind that efficiently. Then next season, my artifact gets reset. I work to level it up again. And now I'm like, you know what? I got my God Rolls. Now it's time to work on my armor. I'm going to look for, I'm going to take any of the God Roll armor that I have and I'm going to take it all the way up to level 10. How do I do that? I got to run Nightfalls. So now I start focusing on the Nightfalls and I go up to that aspirational content. See, this, this is something we've not had before. Typically, a season or DLC lands, we spend like one or two weeks where a nightfall actually feels like it's tough. Listen, I hate Delta content, but at least it's out there dangling for like a week where you're like, ooh, not yet, <laughs> unless you're crazy or you're one of those guys that just likes really, really hard content. You know, it's out there kind of dangling. And... The advantage, the advantage to this system is that there's never some moment, and I had people remark in chat and even on my YouTube where they just don't like the idea of not being max level, like it bothers them. I am actually okay with it. Always having like an ever-present aspirational endgame threshold is really, really good. That's the future of Destiny. I got news for you, they're just getting started. They are just getting started. There should be all the time something out of your reach or something that is sort of, man, this is tough, this is challenging. You And you're not going to want to engage with it that much. That's the whole point, right? You run it in small doses. So, I, I think it's a good, I think it's a really, really good change. Unrelated, I wish I could minimize Twitch like YouTube and do other things on mobile. You can. It's in the settings, Jim the Ninja. 
it's in the settings you need to open up twitch fresh on your mobile don't go into a stream okay and you need to click on your name up in the corner you have there should be a little icon for your name and then click the gear then when you click the gear you can go into settings and then you can go to uh, it's different now so bear with me here i believe it would be preferences preferences play in background it's there audio only does it too evil morty's right but you might have to go to play in the background so you have to open the twitch app don't go into a stream click on your little icon up in the left corner click on the gear go to settings go to preferences play in background it's great i use it all the time audio only makes it a smoother transition as well also uses less of your data if you're on mobile no sense in running the video if you're not looking at it uh rad uh is us says why does firing line get nullified by buffs like weapons of light and well of radiance i thought weapon buffs would not be affected by one buff and one debuff they're not supposed to be that sounds like a glitch that sounds like a glitch box breathing rampage swashbuckler firing line that's a weapon buff then you have a buff on your character from something like weapons of light and then there can be debuffs on the F, uh, on the enemy so that doesn't sound right um this is amazing i didn't know that was an option oh man having the twitch app run in the background so you can keep the stream going is amazing it hiccups a little bit when you come in and out of it if it's not audio only mode's really smooth like when you come in and out of the app it's really smooth when it's video there's a little hiccup each time so yeah need audio only on the android there's no audio only version on on android old man bacon you can't go to change quality of the stream and click audio only that's unusual i did audio only but i lose connections it stops i have to restart it that has to be on android android auto i don't know what that is i don't know what you mean by android auto oscillation i saw that an emote in the eververse store was 4.25k bright dust that seems like such a stretch when we can only get a certain amount every week this is this is an answer that you're not gonna like but it's the it's the truth okay and the truth can either be frustrating or you can realign your expectations around it okay the eververse store is not there for you to earn stuff from it it is there to sell stuff you being able to periodically buy something is just a nice gesture from bungie it is a micro spending store it is there to generate money it is not there to be an optional earn path for you you want to earn stuff in destiny there are loot pools and activities and all sorts of things you can do to earn stuff in destiny the eververse store if as soon as you see it that it's a store they literally don't even call it eververse anymore i mean what's her face i was like welcome to eververse but or you know thank you for shopping eververse no word from Fenchurch. shut the frick up right it's just called store you go in the director and it's called store it's not called eververse it's called store that is what it is it is a store you're not meant to be able to go in there and every week buy everything up with your earned bright dust earning bright dust and buying something is meant to be like a oh i finally have enough i'm gonna save up and wait for xyz and it's like a little treat it is there to sell stuff vanity items for sale 
make your guns look prettier, make your or- make your make your armor look a little bit different. That's it. Uh, Derpy Somalian with ten months total of subs. Welcome back. Uh, and again, you might not like that answer, but that's the answer. You know, that's the answer. If you align your expectations with the Eververse to basically be a micro-spending store, then you're like, you know what? It's not that bad, and if every once in a while I want to buy something with the earned currency, I can. It's not an earnable, it's not an earnable loot pool. It just isn't. So they took out the ability to earn items in the Eververse. False. You still can. It's slow, but you can. But they didn't add more item, uh, more to the in-game loot. How is that right? Those things are not logically connected, Schnozberries. And what do you mean they didn't add more into the in-game loot? What do you call the lectern table? What do you call Vex Offensive? What do you call the raid? What do you call the dungeon? What do you call the exotic quest? What do you call the ritual weapons? What are those things to you? Are those not new items? Those are that's new end gets new loot. It's it's game loot for you to, to earn. I I just wonder where people think the money is supposed to come from. They're no longer published by Activision and they're just supposed to live off your $35 Shadow Keep purchase or your $10 season purchase. One and a half million players a day, a five year franchise live service game is supposed to live off your DLC purchase. What game what game companies and development companies are structured that way? Games that make single player games, you know. Horizon Zero Dawn had DLC and that was it. Spider-Man had DLC and that was it. Games like this cannot be like, yeah, it's fine. Your DLC is all we need. We'll we'll see you in a couple months for ten bucks. You know, I this debate this debate is over. It is done. Stick a fork in it. You will not have a game this size, this long, and self-published with only DLC sales. You simply will not. Again, that's the that's the truth, and the truth can either make you align your expectations, right, with with them, or frustrate you and you and you then just reject the game and don't want to play it anymore. You know, GTA, GTA, it was oh, is GTA self published? That's news to me. I didn't realize GTA was self published. Um, I just this this is the way these games go. Like this is the way these games go and GTA has shark cards that's what I mean GTA has in-game purchases doesn't it I don't I don't understand I don't <laughs> that's micro spending uh, lazy Flynn do you think that the master nightfall for crota I mean you may nightmare hunt uh, should be kept at the difficulty it's at some people say it's too hard others like the challenge um this is always this is always an interesting discussion. Um, GTA was developed and published by Rockstar is that how it works is that how I was genuinely asking aren't they published by Take Two I thought they were published by Take Two and developed by Rockstar so they have a publisher they have a big publisher behind them as far as I know (laughs) yeah they have a publisher so (laughs) yeah Watch watch GTA go self-publish and see how many microtransactions show up in the dadgum game. Like, it's... it's you need money. You need money. <laughs> money is needed. It's self-published. 
Take Two owns Rockstar. Those relationships get weird, right? Because doesn't EA own Bioware now? Like, how's that work? The money flow is coming from the publisher, and so the the, the margin structure's got to be completely different than like what Bungie had going with Activision. And GTA has microtransactions, so I don't even know why anybody brought that up. Like, listen. When a game this size, with a player base this size, is self-published, there needs to be healthy revenue stream. Like, there just needs to be healthy revenue stream. I, and I think Bungie does such a good job with it. You can buy it with dust or silver. I can't earn enough to buy it all. You just, this is not a store for things to be earned from. It's stuff to be purchased. And the fact that they throw you a bone is like more than almost any other company does with their micro stores. There's almost no no company sets up their store that way. They almost almost none. And what people just use Fortnite. Well, yeah, Fortnite, you got to buy, pay, um, save the world. And you got to play save the world. So you can buy skins for the battle royale. Like it's so weird. Like it's not, I don't, I don't know. Want to buy a private server for your moon experience? What? Zorian says, Do you think the free events will change now that Bungie's independent? This looks like it's going to be exactly the same as last year. Practically exactly the same. So. Kulak Gizmo. Do you believe that Bright Dust Earn Rate in Sources is plentiful enough and should Dust Bounties come back? I, I feel like we just dealt with this. You're just not meant to think of the the Eververse as a place for you to earn. It just isn't. It is it is a storefront, and the minute you see it as a storefront, I think it just changes the way that you see it. It's just a bunch of decorative items in a storefront. Is all it is. It ain't a gun. It ain't an armor set because now they're ornaments, not an armor set. Even when it was armor sets, they gave them crappy rolls on purpose so nobody could claim it was being you know they were selling power. So, I. <laughs> You know, it's a, it's a storefront. That's what it is. Any game I've ever played with a storefront, you know what I do? I don't pay much attention to it. Because I'm like, eh, that's them selling stuff. I don't need that stuff. There's stuff over here. I like this stuff. You know? It's just how I've always it's just how I've always treated it. Ave Cope. Would you like to see Bright Dust limited events where Bright Dust drops like crazy? Basically FOMO events. This related to the last couple of questions. No. Uh, KJ the Knight. With the release of the HD No Time to Explain Photos, I did not see these, what are your thoughts on repurposing more D1 exotic assets and should this be continued into the future? I don't have strong opinions on them using Destiny 1 exotics in either direction. If they bring them back, I'm like, oh, neat! And if they don't, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't have strong opinions on this. Everybody's going nuts over the Monte Carlo. And I'm just like, uh, you can't put anti-barrier rounds on it. <laughs> Throw it out. You know? Everybody's different. Um, I don't really run exotics. I noticed that the other day. I don't run exotic weapons. Um, I really like a lot of the legendaries in the game. I feel like they offer more. And some of that is because of the ba- some of that is because of the mod slots. If I could run a Huckleberry with anti-barrier rounds, I'd be running Huckleberry a whole lot more. Um, Graviton Lance probably as well um, but you just can't run those artifact mods on them so I, the minute I go into a nightmare hunt I feel like eh get this out of here um, 
I just really don't run exotics. I don't. Exotic weapons have just fallen by the wayside for me. Legendary grenade launchers really change the flow of combat. It's a little more saucy. I like grenade launchers. They're fun. Um, and so I just don't I just don't run exotics. It's really weird. It's a weird time in Destiny right now where you almost always had an exotic equipped. And I just don't a lot of the times. I like that, but at the same time, I think there's room for improvement. That's that's not evidence of a good system. Um, that's evidence of needed changes. Love that shirt brings me back to old school Spider-Man when I was a kid. Yeah, man. You guys have got to find me. There's got to be a t-shirt company that does like comic book, video game, like pop culture t-shirts for us to partner with. Like there's got to be somebody out there. Um, it's Relics. What are your thoughts on PvP currently? Follow up. Why do you think a lot of players roll their eyes when a quest involves Crucible? Because I think a lot of players are like me and you can look at the stats and that proves it. A lot of players don't play PvP because we don't like it. It just doesn't interest us. And when I'm like, oh, Randy's throwing knife looks awesome, and people are like, oh, oh, oh. whoa, no, no, it's a uh, it's pretty rough grind. <laughs> you might not want to do it. I'm like, oh, brother. I, it's, I don't like it, you know? I don't like it. Um, what about QWERTY? Box Lunch has good nerd shirts. I should start reaching out to these companies. Maybe have my agency reach out to, I love Box Lunch. I absolutely I love them. They, their, their storefronts are so cool. Um, QWERTY as well I should maybe just I'm going to talk to my agent next week we have a scheduled call I'm going to see if that's something we could lean into it's to be such an easy easy relationship to just be like this shirt's dope you can buy it right now link in chat you know Um, but yeah I just if you look at the stats traditionally over the past five years if, if you look at the if you look at the last five years, just tons of people just don't want to play Crucible. Now, I'm not slamming Crucible. That's just a preference thing. If you're on the other side of the fence, you're probably thinking the exact opposite thing. You're like, my God, I just, I can't stand PVE. I don't know how those guys run raids and strikes and public events. It's so boring. And so when you have to go into PVE, you think like the same thing. You're like, oh, for, for frick's sake, you know, I got to go do that. How many do I have to do? Um... So that would be my main reasoning behind it. And I think anytime you require somebody to go into a side of the game that they don't want to go to, it's a major de-incentivization. They're like, oh, how good's the gun? I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do it, dude. You know, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to have to think about it. And it's, it's, um... I think this is true in any game that offers multiple game modes. You're just going to have people that develop their preferences. So, uh, Damon Gaming says, what do you think about being able to lock one random role into your collections? We talked about this earlier today. Um, and I think there is a technical challenge to what you're saying because with the way a database works, there would be two options okay number one let's say you have the gun the um the awestringer okay bungie would have to add up every single possible roll on an awestringer barrels every single combination and let's say there's 780 combinations i might be lowballing or exaggerating i don't know how many combinations you can have on a particular gun Let's say it's let's say it's 800. Let's just round it up to 800. 
they'd have to load every single one of those 800 data points into the database and then it whenever you get yours your version would be version 771 and so the collection would then be like okay you have set version 771 you don't see any of this by the way this is all going on in the background they would have to do it that way or they would have to do it in a way where your actual drop edits the database and says this is the version that Steve got this is the version that Larry got this is the first version that Jennifer got and then you're all editing your own personal database in either in either scenario that's a significant technical challenge to have all those different combinations all those different weapons either stored as different combinations and it just says oh you have version 771 or it actually is writing to the database and saying this is the version that they got that becomes pretty complex every time a gun drops you have 1.5 million players playing every day normally you have you know i don't even know what 400 200 something thousand concurrent players was like was one of the times where like steam was doing really well like that's a lot of people playing and hitting a database every time a gun drops second okay um the edit you speak of is the vault we currently have i think storing your role in the collections is overkill correct here is the most simple solution that they could come up with a neutered a neutered or very basic bland role right and if you for whatever reason need to pull the weapon out it's just every weapon has an has an assigned collections role an assigned static role because the gun's chilling in there anyway if everybody had the exact same one as if, if you need to pull it out you can but storing a role is just I just don't think is necessary I suggested this a while ago and the more I thought about it the more I was like gee many Christmas you know you'd have to store an entire collection item per user if stored client side it wouldn't be bad but the data needs to be live server side so you can pull it back out there would need to be a database synchronization at some point so that your date your data of your collections matches what's on the server like I just, you have to be able to, you have to be able to pull guns from collections, but you also have to do it in a way that like works. And I just think a a basic static role that if you need it, you can pull it out. Wouldn't that generate favoritism? I don't know what you're talking about. If, if the Austringer can be pulled from collections and just as a generic collections role that anybody can pull out, that's not a very good role. Just so you could get a, what like. Oh, I accidentally deleted it. Shoot. Let me pull one out and mess around with it. This is my buddy saying it's a pretty good gun. I didn't like it. Let me pull it out of collections and see if I like it. You know, and you get the basic vanilla, like, you get the, the, the plain Jane roll, you know? This isn't needed anymore with mods being permanent. People are talking about getting a gun drop and that roll going into their collections is what people are talking about, not mods. Uh, Ginger 300 do you think that Bungie is trying to capture the idea of the events that happen in Fortnite? For example, when the final result is about to happen, you go to the tower before reset and you can see the portal boot up and everyone runs in. Um, because of the way they do instancing and there's no dedicated servers, they can't do like a unified event, but they can definitely... Luke Smith talked about this, about... It's cool when things are happening in the game that you feel like you're contributing to. 
and when an event is happening you want to have that feeling of like oh you weren't there when blank um so I do think there's going to be some level of that, but I don't think it's going to be like Fortnite where everyone's like, oh, snap, I was standing right there when it happened. Like, I don't think it's going to be like that. The events in Fortnite, I mean, is say what you want about Fortnite. You can hate on Epic and Fortnite all you want. The things that they have done, the, <laughs> the things that they have done are ridiculous. Like, from a marketing technological standpoint, it has been impressive to say the least. Uh, it's creating spectacles like that within a game. It's just been really, really neat. Um, so I, I, I don't know if you'll ever have anything like that in this game because of, uh, the lack of dedicated servers. You're, you're instancing into your own instance of the tower and it's just, you know, it's just very different than a dedicated server environment. Penguin says, do you think that we will ever get D1 raid content D2 at all? We had this question already. It's a big question mark, and I, I see a lot of things standing in the way of them doing it. Sam going ham. Do you think the community would take the idea of the new ornaments for the existing raid gear that offered glows similar to the Age of Triumph raid gear? Would we take to the idea of new ornaments for the existing raid gear? I just don't know why we need anything like that. I don't know why we need anything like that. I, the, the raid gear looks fine. Why don't we need to go back to the other stuff, you know? You can try the new Fortnite update. I tried it. I, I, I don't like it, Butters. I don't like it. We go from killing bots to playing against really, really sweaty teams. And I think skill-based matchmaking is awful. And I think it's active. I think me and the people I play with have pretty good win ratios. And so... We kill bots for five minutes, and then I play against kids that I have literally, I'm not even in their league. It just isn't fun. When it's random and you don't know who you're going to face, and you might face a mini Tifu, uh, you might face a bunch of potatoes, it's I, it's more enjoyable. Like, every game followed the same pattern. Kill bots for five minutes, get more kills than I traditionally have ever gotten in Fortnite. Five kills in the first town, like, what the frick? Uh, and then I go over and all of a sudden we're fighting sweats. There's no skill-based matchmaking in squads. <laughs> yeah, okay. You you keep telling yourself that. Fuzzy uh, Epic Muffin. <laughs> there, there 100% is. Uh, there has to be, dude. There has to be. Um, do you think maybe Garden of Salvation would not only get new challenges, but also new encounters and be adapted? This would be part of Bungie's narrative that the world would be updated and changed. And maybe the time travel they were slowly introducing, it would make sense that the Vex would be adapting and changing their defenses of the Black Garden. If they strip content from the raid to add more later, it'd be a great way to not need a new raid next year. I, mm, I wonder about this. This is actually a really good iteration on raid layers. Think about what Fuzzy Epic Muffin is, is, is saying here. Garden of Salvation is big, but the but the fights are all kind of like short and quick. What if what if they do add on to the raid and make and have like different versions of it? It would be like a raid layer, but not quite. Right? You would you would go into a a a harder version or a contest version or something and now there's extra encounters those encounters by themselves would be a pretty boring pretty ho-hum raid layer but if you add them to the raid 
Think about how minuscule the raid loot pool is. There's no heavy. There's no heavy weapons. Like, how did that happen? There's... what? How many kinetics are there? There's a bow and a pulse, right? I don't even know, like... What's 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 it break down? I don't even know how many lo- how many guns there actually are. There could be guns we haven't even seen yet. There could be heavy. There's five energy weapons. Ugh. Yeah, there's a sniper. Ugh. There's the freaking sniper. There's the fusion. There's the shotgun. Um. The S. There's an SMG. Oh, there's no scout. No SMG. Um, how it feels. No kinetic, 17 energy, zero power. Epic address skill-based matchmaking and said it's only in solos and comp. I don't believe companies when they say stuff like that anymore. I they they ne- they never they said there were no bots in the game back in the day, and we know that there were. Um I don't know. I I one hundred percent felt like we were getting funneled to really sweaty teams, and I was like this has got to be because we all have pretty good stats. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It did It did not feel like we were playing random teams. We would kill bots, and then we literally, the next team we would face would just be on another level. Just really, really good, really good at building, beating us. I mean, Braden is really, really good. And I mean, we were all, all of us getting just whacked, just completely blown off the floor. Um... Three fusions, three... Oh, yeah, there's the hand cannon, there's the shotgun, there's the... Sn- so there's the hand cannon, the shotgun, the fusion, and the sniper. Four fusions... I'm sorry, four energies. Are there any more in the energy slot than that? There's four energies and two kinetic? Is that what it is? Is it six weapons? Oh, and the auto rifle. Frick! There's five energies and two kinetic? Seven? I forgot about the auto rifle. Jeez, it is a lot of energy weapons. That's why Glad called it Garden of the Energy Weapons. Yeah, it feels really imbalanced. I wonder if that's because there's gonna be... I wonder if Fuzzy's onto something. Yeah, the bow's kinetic. The bow the bow, and the and the pulse are, are kinetic. Um, I wonder if he's onto something. Fuzzy's comments right here on screen, he's essentially saying, what if there's new encounters that they stripped that they'll add in later in the other seasons or in like another version of the raid or something um that would be pretty good and then you'd have a reason to bring in a scout a rocket launcher a grenade launcher uh, a kinetic hand cannon um there are only two boss kills yeah cause we chase we chase the, the, the harpy and then we do teleport and then we kill the harpy and then we kill the big boy at the end there could be more yeah I don't want to go off in wild speculation here, but I think what Fuzzy has outlined is way more likely than getting a raid next season or the seasons following. I think this is way more likely, especially considering the, they're calling it, the first raid challenge lands on November the 5th. That's one month. That's one month after, that's one month after the raid launch. So a month, what first raid challenge? A month later and we're into the next season. So if they do multiple seasons, then, you know, it, it definitely could have that feeling of like each, each, you know, every, every couple of weeks you're, you're pushing, you know, every, every, every couple of weeks you're pushing out another challenge and pushing another change or whatever. 
Hawk and Rain says, What about a GoFundMe page in the Eververse for the old raids? <laughs> Shut the frick up. Warlock, a little off topic, but I found all the ghosts on the moon. It keeps giving me more of the consumables to give to air, so I was wondering what we're supposed to do with them. Um, I would love it if we could break them down for phantasmal fragments or something. Um, you know? Chat, in put, put in chat, how many people are getting these consumables and now have way more than they need? Put it, you know, say me or I have or how many you have or whatever. Let's see in chat. How many, I mean, people, because I have a freaking, I'm like 20-something now. I have 20, maybe? It's like, I, it's it's a ridiculous amount. Me, 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 I have 67. Me, I have 67, 23, I have 29, I have 20 plus. Uh, F no, I'm always short. There's only so many ghosts to buy, though. What are you talking about? You t- we're not talking about the fragments. We're talking about the these things for the ghost. Yeah, that's a lot. Estimated profit. Just spitballing here, but what do you think about them developing a dumbed-down version of the raid or aspirational activity? Maybe a lower aspiration for more casual players. Um, they will never do this with the raid. I don't want them to do this with the raid. And you have dumbed-down versions of aspirational content. It's called Adept hero difficulties they have matchmaking so there's adept and hero difficulties for nightfalls and for nightmare hunts and they have matchmaking so it if you want to do aspirational 980 950 content get to the place where you're strong enough or have people on your friends list that you want to do it with like I, I don't necessarily think they ever need to touch dungeons or raids and like dumb them down that's that's actually contrary to what aspirational content's supposed to be now you can have a spectrum like you have at nightfalls and nightmare hunts and that spectrum is this is aspirational like it's on an upward swing like you work your way up to getting into there and then sometimes aspirational content is just like here it is this is a mountain and if you want to climb it climb it there's no there's no bunny slopes here. You got to get up here. Like raid dungeon boom just drops in your lap and like yeah, you got to figure this out. You got to do it. Um many people see the raid and it's hope that they can never achieve. New light maybe raid maybe totally different to attract new players. I'll tell you what. There's plenty of raids in the game right now that aren't even at max power. You can run Leviathan at 750, Leviathan Layers at 750. What do they put Scourge? They probably put Scourge and Crown at 750. You want to run raid content and kind of get your feet wet and not have to worry about a power delta because maybe you're not high enough level, then go do those. Um, I just, there, there, there doesn't seem to be a reason to do this. There really, there really, there really does not seem to be a reason to dumb down a raid. I don't think it's a large concern. I think it's an insult to raids to do that, to say, it's aspirational content and a small percentage of the community has traditionally done it and done it on a regular basis for the last five years and then all of a sudden they're going to have like a dumbed down version there is plenty of stuff that is like lowered down in scale to be done every single time you know Dixie Whistler with 17 months of subs welcome back thank you so much uh, oh my goodness there was a new sub that came in DX uh, DCX Destiny with a prime uh, with a prime sub I am sorry enjoy your dope badge and emotes your dope and deserve dope stuff um, so 
Who's my favorite Spider-Man so far? Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? I mean, I don't even know. How can anybody ask this question and be serious? Tom Holland is Peter Parker. He is Spider-Man. He's not somebody playing Spider-Man. Like, he literally is Spider-Man. He is Peter Parker. You know what I'm saying? Like, Robert Downey Jr. became Tony Stark. Right? He wasn't playing Tony Stark. He is Tony Stark. Tom Holland is not... He is not playing Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He is Peter Parker and Spider-Man. That's the facts. The other guys are playing them. That's the difference. Hugh Jackman didn't didn't play Wolverine. Like, he was Wolverine. <laughs> as bad as they, those X-Men movies were, as bad as they messed his character up. You know? Certain people just are the character. Benedict Cumberbatch... He's he's Doctor Strange. He is. He's not playing Doctor Strange. He is Doctor Strange. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Right? He is Deadpool. He's not playing Deadpool. (laughs) Tobey Maguire fans and Andrew Garfield fans, you get mad all you want. They're playing Peter Parker and Spider-Man and they did a fine job. But Tom Holland is Spider-Man. And we're out of questions. That's a great place to end. We're not going to shut the stream down, though. We're going to keep streaming and talking, and you can debate me all you want about Spider-Man. If you're listening to this right now live, you can follow me for free. That's a great way to support the channel and make sure you don't miss stuff. Just make sure you're not unfollowing me. When you hit that heart button, that's to follow the channel. It allows you to talk in chat. If you're already following me, don't worry about it. I think some people are accidentally sometimes unfollowing when I say that. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.